This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Hi everyone, Miss Jane here welcoming you to another episode of At The Bar. Today I'm doing the reading so you don't have to and sharing the key takeaways from the book Misconnection by Dr. Justin Coulson. It's a really great read if you are a mother of teenagers but um, as is the case for many of you, if you are a teacher of tweens and teens. This episode is brought to you by my free Facebook group known as The Collective for Dance Studio Owners. It's an intentional and thoughtful online space. The owners that gather together there support and encourage each other in a positive and uplifting way. If you'd like to join us, you're most welcome. Search The Collective for dance studio owners and answer the entry questions. Hi everyone, Miss Jane here. I hope you're doing really well. Um, as you may or may not know, I love to read and part of that love um, comes from one of my strengths, which is input. So when we're talking about um, strengths and part about, you know, using our personality and, and really getting into what we enjoy, I love information. Um, it can be a little bit overwhelming at times, but I realise I collect a lot of information and it would be really helpful for me to share some of that with you. And so um, some of the books that I've read that I think that you might also, you know, gain some insight from, I'm going to be sharing with you. And the first, um, and they're not particularly new books, you know, they're just books that have, have taken my fancy. And the first is, is um, not, not an old book by any stretch, but not brand new. Um, it's called Misconnection. Uh, it's by one of my favourite people, Justin Coulson. Um, now, the reason I like him, I follow him on Facebook. The reason I like him is he's a researcher. He's got a PhD. Um, so his work is very research-based. But he is also the father of, wait for it, six girls, six daughters. Um, and so that's what makes this really quite lovely in that this book, he unpacks his research where he's, he's been working with teens and tweens and he's also unpacking his experiences, his firsthand experiences. Um, this book is written for parents, misconnection, and it's about the, um, the fact that sometimes 
us parents of teenagers, of which I am one, can have what we think is a disconnection but, um, with our tweens and teens girls in this instance we're talking about. Um, but Justin has been doing the research with these girls and determined that actually it's more like a misconnection, a misconnection. So it didn't quite reach the mark. Now, why is this important to us as dance educators? I'm sure it's fairly obvious. In your studio, just like mine, you would have bevies, I hope, of tween and teen girls. And if you've been in the biz for a little while, you've probably noticed a change in your students. I definitely have in the 25 years that I have been working. Also, when I was a young teacher, uh, what I lacked in experience, I made up for in real understanding and empathy. And so I worked with my teen students really easily because I remembered, I knew what that felt like. Whereas now I'm the mum of a teenager, like I've said, and it's really important for me to try and put myself back into how they're feeling about the world. Um, and it's a while ago, you know, so that for me, so it's a little bit of a struggle, but I want to be very clear off the bat and say I am an advocate for teens. I adore the teens in my studio, um, but it hasn't always been that way. And the reason I adore them is constantly reading about them and seeking first to understand them. So I've made some notes, which I will refer to, um, just about some of the things that I pulled from this book. Uh, like I said, it's written for parents. Um, some of it is quite technical in terms of, you know, like managing social media and things like that. But there is stats that is going to help you as an educator um, guide this most important time in a child's life or a young person's life. The need to belong came up over and over again. And we know that our studios are safe spaces or that we want them to be. It's really important that you recognise that friends are oxygen for teen and tween girls. They live for their friends. Um, and so this, this is everything. And so we do need to allow times for our students to make good relationships, to be friends with their friends. We can't um, always be, you know, expecting them to work. I love to give them a little bit of time in the studio. You know, I say, well, come on in. You're, you're welcome if there's no other classes beforehand. Hang out here. Um, it's also about, you know, having that understanding. I used to get kind of cross. I'm a bit embarrassed to say this, but let's be real. I used to get annoyed that I'd have to go round and get my teenagers, you know, from, from the waiting room or wherever it was, go into them and say, come on, you, you can read the clock, you know what time it is. But now, um, you know, I like a chat with my friends as well and maybe sometimes my chatting might have made me late for something. Let's try and have a judgment-free zone. And so now I go into wherever they're congregate, congregating and catching up with their friends and I say in my most cheerful voice, hello, come on round to the studio, let's get started. So that we're not chastising them for the very thing that they need and that is most important to them at the moment and that is their friends. Um, also within the, the book, it talked about what our tweens and our teens need from adults and that's their parents 
but also their educators, whether they're at school or in a club or, or the dance studio. And the three things that came up were relatedness. So that is a feeling of being connected to people and enjoying that sense of belonging, which I've touched on. Now, in this book, they didn't talk about, well, what belonging actually is in a great deal of detail, but it really um, jumped across to some of the other work that I've been learning about. Recently, um, I did the Dare to Lead Leaders course, and we talked about belonging in, in there. And that idea from Brene Brown, that belonging isn't that we're all the same, it's that we can be our truest selves and still belong. So belonging's not fitting in, it's standing out, but still feeling included. And so I really loved the, the bringing of those two ideas together, that our students need that. And they're at that time where they are finding out who they are instead of just who the world is telling them to be. And it can be hard to watch, you know, watching them perhaps make choices that aren't ideal, but that's part of it. Um, it's part of it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of me at that age. Um, but it's, it's really about the knowing that we care for them no matter what and that they belong in their uniqueness and that we want to encourage that. Um, another thing they need from us is to feel capable. So, um, you know, when we, we feel capable, we feel nourished, we feel good about ourselves. And so um, when we, we don't feel capable, we feel threatened and we, you know, might feel some anxiety creeping in. So to truly flourish, they must experience that competency and feeling capable and we need to create that for them so that we're not always pushing them. I know we, we are always pushing them towards excellence and the very nature of dance training is it just keeps getting harder. But we need to provide opportunities for them to feel competent and capable and enjoy what they're doing. So it's not just a constant struggle over and over again where we don't get to, you know, feel in flow. And sometimes that can be just taking things back a notch and saying just, you know, let's do single pirouettes today, for example, instead of always falling out of our doubles because we're still learning them. Um, let's get that feeling of feeling competent within each and every class. doesn't mean not pushing them, just gives them opportunities to feel good about themselves. They need that from us. Um, and having autonomy is the other thing that our, our girls need. They want to have a sense of control over their lives. And I know, I know the dance studio isn't their entire existence, but often it's a big part of their life. So, um, you know, being, um, I guess, open to their ideas, even little, little things within the studio, um, like what you live in the actual class can provide them that sense of autonomy. So quite often we'll have a little bit of a joke. In fact, this happened last week and I was teaching classical ballet and I knew that I wanted to do petit batemon or batemon frappe, right? Because I knew I hadn't kind of done either of those for, for a couple of weeks. Um, we'd been doing a whole lot of other stuff, but I didn't actually care which. And so I just said to them, you choose. You tell me, would you like to do petit batemon or batemon frappe? We had a bit of a, a vote. We had a bit of a joke about it, but that's just a really little way of, of making them feel a little bit 
like they've got some sense of choosing, that they, they have a voice. Um, on a higher level, we want them to be involved in, in different parts of the studio, making decisions where possible. Um, when I rebranded my studio at the end of 2020, we did a whole new uniform um, and I asked the kids what they wanted, what kind of styles they wanted. I gave them pictures. I got them to vote and so that they really felt some kind of ownership. Now, again, that's not over their, their own life, but it is over part of the community that makes up a big part of their life. So that was a key concept which I've just tried to contextualise into our setting, relatedness, competence and autonomy. It also talked about um, what we need to be happy and I'm going to write a bit of a blog about this because I loved that the studio could provide these different elements that make up, you know, um, working towards happiness, which is what we want for all of us. Um, you know, if we could choose happiness, then surely that is what we would choose. Um, I'm not talking about fake positivity or toxic positivity, but, but happiness and joy. I want my students to feel happy when they're at the studio but more importantly I want them to feel happy in life and I love that the studio can be a conduit towards that so the key ideas Justin raised here were um, connections which we've talked about being active being present being mindful to keep learning and to give and um, so I'm like I said I'm going to unpack those a little bit more about how the studio can kind of tick all of those boxes and it definitely can so just to slow down again um, a, a place where they've got strong relationships good connections where they can be active and the best part about it is that it's fun um, I know the benefits that I get from exercise and going to the gym doesn't mean I look forward to it but I always look forward to dance class um, being present, you know, in the age of distraction, how delicious it is to be in a class and not have to look at my phone for an hour. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard for our teens, but to be able to offer them that, I think, is a gift. Um, to be mindful. Uh, some of our students are more aware of the benefits of mindfulness and meditation and just taking a pause. Some of ours are a little more resistant but that doesn't mean I can't bring it into my class, even with just perhaps a focused breath, um, a pause at the beginning of the class. If I feel my teens are a little bit uh, skitty, you know, I might say, take a moment, you, look, you all look like you've had a big day. Let's close our eyes and be here now. Let's take a moment together to breathe in through our nose and out through our mouth and leave the day behind. I can give them that gift. And so um, that's a really great one as well. Keep learning and giving were the other ones. So keep learning. Again, the nature of dance is that it scaffolds. It always gets harder. I've got a joke that, you know, we might master a step and I say, congratulations, you've now been rewarded because in dance you get to do that double time or, you know, in the next level you get to do that in reverse or the double whammy, double time and in reverse. Right, so I'm, I'm constantly giggling about how this, this is a journey 
but it's so great for our minds to keep learning. And then, of course, giving, giving back to the studio. And that is the very foundation um, by my, my Dance Step program. For those of you who don't know, I'm also the author and founder of Dance Step, which is a dance student teacher education program, which is designed to encourage our teen and tween students between 10 and 16 to give back to the studio that served them. The research shows that when we give others, we give to others, that we increase our happiness levels as well. Talk about a win-win situation. And if you want to know more about Dance Step, then be sure to look me up at www.dancestep.com.au. Now, the final part um, of the book that I, I kind of um, took away that I desperately wanted to share with you was a big conversation around anxiety and I'm, I'm going to keep reading. Um, I've got books stacked up ready and waiting, but I'm going to keep reading about anxiety because it is really hard to help our students that are suffering with anxiety and suffering is the word. Um, and I think um, I get anxious, you know, but I wouldn't say I had an anxiety disorder, but I definitely experience anxiety. I think we all do, but the problem is when it becomes a problem, <laughs> you know, when it's always there, um, it doesn't disappear after perhaps an obvious event. You know, I might get anxious before a presentation um, and then the presentation is finished and I'm good. You know, then I get to ride that high. Whereas with an anxiety disorder, um, then it's always there. They don't get that reprieve. It's always there. And it is very hard for us as parents first and educators as well, to be able to recognise if, if this really is anxiety. And, and to be honest, that's not for us to recognise. That's not our job to diagnose. So if a child comes to us and says that they have anxiety, then we do, I think, need to take them at face value um, and respond in an empathetic way. But I think we also need to learn more about it because through knowledge comes understanding. Um, and anxiety is the brain's way, <clears throat> excuse me, of doing everything it can to keep us safe, right? So it goes back to that fight or flight part of our brain, the reptilian part of our brain, right? Back when we were fighting the saber-toothed tiger, which is long gone, but that whole mechanism, it's still there. And so things um, in an anxious mind that might be presented as danger might be um, just the fear of the unknown, um, the danger of being left out, the danger of failing your ballet or English or maths exam, the danger of catching the bus alone because of, of what might happen and the anxiety around that. Um, so can present in lots of different ways. It might be moodiness, bad behaviour. A big one that I notice is self-isolating, which is very much a protective shield um, to prevent perhaps further anxiety and possibly feelings of shame, which can um, be a, a shame is a master emotion, but I, I you know that they're all linked together. If we're scared of something, and then we don't do it, do we then feel shame that we're not good enough? I'm not enough to do it. 
I don't want to be left out, so therefore I'm not going to put myself forward in this new friendship group. It's all very complicated. Um, and like I said, I am nowhere near an expert, but I am reading more and more so I can try and understand our students more and provide them a safe space or at least a listening ear. The sad news is that um, more girls than boys in teenagers do experience anxiety. Um, girls tend to have higher expectations of themselves. They also have a higher, um, I guess, emotional response to that FOMO, that fear of missing out, which, God damn it, even as an adult, I've experienced when you're on social media Everybody, don't they? They're all there with their friends and then little loser Jane is over here all by herself. Like we've all experienced that. And as adults, we can navigate that a little bit better. Um, sometimes, sometimes not even. And so if we go back to being a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old and having to navigate it, my God, it is a lot. Um, I think... One of the, the takeaways I got kind of from this area is really making it known that you are there for them, um, that you're learning, you're trying to learn and understand. If you do experience anxiety, you could share that to a degree. <laughs> but you could say, look, I, I, I've experienced similar feelings and I, it's hard. Um, we don't have to solve the problem. That is not our job. But being empathetic is, is a wonderful gift to be able to give to people. But also undoing perfectionism, undoing perhaps some of the dangers that that anxious brain is looking out for, the danger of failing, you know, um, quite own, own your mistakes so that they can own theirs. And I, I really love this idea and I embrace it. We talk about learning in my studio all of the time to the point that my kids roll their eyes at me. And, if you, you're a new follower, welcome, um, but you probably have not heard the term learning before, but it is failure plus learning. Um, it wasn't originally coined by me, but I'm, I am owning it now because I've been using it for five years. Um, so if you heard it here first, you can pop my name after it by all means, but learning, failure and learning and owning our mistakes. So quite often, you know, I'll be doing an exercise and I'll get it wrong and I'll go, oh my gosh, what the is going on here, right? Oh, or I'll say to the kids, if you see me make a mistake, can you please tell me? Because there used to be a bit of a culture of, oh, she's got the wrong arms, right? If you're doing a set exercise, oh, she's got the wrong arms, but nobody wanted to tell me because who, who corrects the teacher? Oh, and so now I, I create that as part of our classroom, okay? I don't want them to be arrogant, absolutely not. But I want them to put up their hand and say, Miss Jane, I think maybe the arms are meant to be in fifth and not fourth there. And I'll go, I think we better check. And if I get it wrong, then I'll go, ah, okay, absolutely, I was wrong. Luckily, the world's not going to end. And that whole idea of what's the worst that can happen, another bit, a joke that's in my studio. What's the worst that can happen? Then you get um, one of us could fall over and break our wrist. 
And that that's like the joke. Somebody always says that, you know, if we're doing a jump or a turn, Jenna's from the corner, what's the worst that can happen? We'll run into the wall and knock ourselves out. Whatever somebody says, then catch on to it and unpack it. We'll run into the wall and knock ourselves out. And what's the likelihood of that happening? You know, on a scale of one to ten. Um, well, we'll say, oh, it's an eight. Okay. And what about the fact that I'm on the other end of your chenets? Do you think I will let you run into the wall or do you think I will stop you? Oh, you will probably stop us. And, okay, what else could happen? Oh, we might zigzag down the room. Is that terrible? No. Why are you, why are you worried about zigzagging down the room? Do you think you're going to be perfect the first time? No. Oh, some of the brave kids might say, well, I'm scared people will laugh at me. And if they don't, you can say, are you scared people will laugh at you? And then you can say, well, but that's not what we do here. Or if we do laugh, we laugh together, right? We're not laughing at you. We're laughing at the fact that we're learners and learning is messy. And learning involves zigzagging down the room in a chenet, um, chenet turns, and then getting your teacher to stop you before you bash into the wall. That's what learning looks like. If you were perfect, you'd be in the Australian ballet. So try and remove some of that, that danger that their brain is telling them they're in, at least in the studio. We can't, we can't and we shouldn't um, try and fix everything in their, their world. They have parents and, and perhaps if the um, disorder is that disordered, they are going to be seeking professional help. But you, what you can do is create some understanding and some little strategies like I've shared within your four walls. Like that is all that we can do is, is look after the, the students when we have them with us. And when I say that's all we can do, I actually think that that diminishes it. Like it sounds like it's not much, but it's huge. And if you go back to my first comment about having a place for students to belong, this is 100% my why, which is why when I read books like this, I get so fired up and, and motivated and encouraged because I'm like, yes, that's why I'm here. I'm teaching dance to the most wonderful humans. Yes, what a gift. But I get to be that person who is providing them a sense of belonging, a sense of safety, an opportunity to fail and still be loved. What a gift that is. Anyway, just to bring you back to the book, No More Ranting From Me, Misconnection by Dr. Justin Coulson, PhD, father of six girls. What a legend. Um, really good book, but if you don't have time to read it, there's your key takeaways. All right, enjoy. Over and out. Thank you for your company today and I hope you enjoyed sitting at the bar with me. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode and encourage you to share within the free Facebook group, The Collective for Dance Studio Owners. Let's keep the conversation going as we continue to support and encourage each other to be the best teachers we can be and to have successful businesses and fulfilling and healthy lives. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership, 
or trained student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at the bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 